welcome to Night Clerk Radio, episode 68, where this week we are discussing new music, semi-recent releases defined as last few months from old favorites, artists we've talked about before on the show and are big fans of, and uh, one of which, Groceries, is actually coming off a long hiatus, which I didn't realize going into this episode. Like, I'd kind of lost track of time yeah. since their last release, and there's the uh, Housewares and Yes, We're Open, which is an album mm-hmm. we did on our very first, like, Mallsoft episode way back when. Mm-hmm. There were those vinyl reissues, which are really great. I, I got a copy. But I didn't realize that, like, this was the first new music kind of unannounced in a long time. Yeah, like, when you when you brought that up uh, uh, to me uh, initially, like, I realized I was sort of, like, grouping groceries with, like, Infinity Frequencies as one of those, like, first wave vaporwave artists mm-hmm. that had just kind of like retired because like, you know, infinity frequencies had a, had a similar thing with like released a couple of great albums and then kind of just stopped. Mm-hmm. But then like recently infinity frequencies released a new album and now groceries is back into it. And so it's like, Hey, they're back. We're getting the genre back together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. I'm here for it. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. It just didn't really occur to me until I just did a little bit of cursory research before this episode and i found like vaporwave subreddit threads from 2018 of like mm-hmm. what happened to groceries they stopped releasing music i was like wait a minute oh my god <laughs> that's true yeah that's true i totally dig this little renaissance let's bring back all the greatest hits let's let's uh bring back all our favorite artists <laughs> only classics yeah from the 2010s you know? yeah i think uh i think we've talked a bit about the dangers of that type of nostalgic <laughs> what? obsession what yep yeah. <laughs> and then of course the other artist just to mention before we get into the music is uh the classic collaboration between equip and r23x who have been mm-hmm. previously discussed in like video mm-hmm. game vaporwave and then, yeah. of course, famous because we got the wax cylinders, the Edison wax cylinder physical release they did, <laughs> which contained two tracks that end up on this album. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, it's interesting because there's not like uh, an intro. There's no thematic discussion. They're just artists we like who release music we want to talk about. It's uh, it's almost deceptively yeah. pure for an episode. Yeah, I mean, it, it just shows that Vaporwave is sort of maturing as a genre uh, and a scene, I guess, whatever you want to call it. And uh, both of these albums, I think, are, I'm not 100% sure, are, are mostly original compositions. There's obviously sampling in both, but like, yeah, the, the it shows, I think, that these artists are sort of like finding a way to, in order to keep working on your art, you have to like have like the economic means to do so. And like, they're obviously achieving some kind of, I think, success that allows them to do that, which is great. Mm-hmm. Because otherwise, like, that that's what happened with so many, I think, of the, the original artists. In the, in the 2010s era of Vaporwave, is they released a couple albums and then they realized, oh shit, I still have to keep a roof over my head mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, had to move on. But yeah, I'm uh, very excited to see this new direction for Vaporwave. Yeah. So why don't we just get into the music then?
That is a sample from track four, Exploring Quartz Temple by Equip NR23X. This is, as you imagine, if you're familiar at all with either artist, you can tell that this is video game inspired, in particular, the video game RPG, particularly, I think, JRPGs, mm-hmm. Japanese video game RPGs, Final Fantasy, Chrono Trigger, uh, Secret of Mana. I mean, the, the list goes on and on and on. It is a very, as these kind of video games have grown in sophistication and over the decades, the sort of language of music has become kind of formalized, like in a lot of ways, like you have types of music for different activities that you do in the game. There's menu music, there's fighting music, there's victory music, there's overland travel music. And this is album is sort of like a love letter to that language of music, that style, these very particular themes. And it's quite good. It is uh, uses a quite a variety of instruments and homages and samples from actual games. And yeah, if you like these kind of games, you will like this album. Yeah, I agree. Did you play a lot of games from that era that like SNES through PS2 ish? Yeah, I did uh, all the, the is particularly Super Nintendo. Yeah. I played a ton of those. I skipped video game console generations. I went from like mm-hmm. Super Nintendo and I didn't get anything until like a GameCube. Yeah. So like and and then the original Xbox. So I missed out. I played like PlayStation one and two at friends houses, but I mm-hmm. never you know, or and the N64. I didn't really ha- I didn't have one. But yeah, I love like I, I remember playing like um Final Fantasy 2 on the Super Nintendo. I rented it at a place and I rented it so often. And I ran so many late charges that we couldn't rent from that place anymore. <laughs> like my parents are like, no, mm-hmm. you're not where we can't where I'm not paying that fee. Yeah, I could have just bought the whole game <laughs> with the amount of late fees. Yeah, it's pretty funny because I, I was just thinking about this type of of nostalgia and how it is from an era that moved so quickly in terms of video game technology. Like we talked about on the Doom episode of like, you know, Doom to Half-Life is, is five ish years, right? So depending on where you fell, you have like completely different reference sets, which is like an interesting thing to me because Mm -hmm. we had a Genesis. So my reference is like fantasy star, for example, and then later playing like PSO when that, that started Mm -hmm. and I didn't have an SNES or anything. So I didn't play like that final fantasy three at the time or anything, Mm -hmm. but did have a PlayStation. So then that's like in some sense in America anyway, like the real stereotypical, like, golden era for lack of a better term i don't i don't like that term but i don't know a better one of you know you got to say final fantasy 7 oh yeah but you know 8 and stuff was also really good you know chrono cross xenogears vagrant story legend of Legaia, <laughs> uh, breath of fire mm-hmm. like all those games come back <laughs> and then like i didn't really have a ps2 at times so i didn't play like 10 and stuff so it's just i was just kind of thinking it's an interesting aspect of like when nostalgia then becomes tied to like technological progress, like you can mm-hmm. very quickly just have really subsets. So I thought it was interesting because, because some stuff like uh track five, the airship theme, you always had airships in this game. So that, that stood out to me more than maybe some others. Yeah. And it, it's just a me for me, like in a relatively short amount of time, like, you know, a space of a few years, mm-hmm. like the, 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 the stylistic conventions of, of these genres got so, specific Mm -hmm. and um and like really rich and like there's so many examples of like there's there really was an explosion of games i mean like you know you mentioned fps's of like jesus Mm -hmm. just in those five years between doom and half-life there was a huge number of (laughs) fps's that like just yeah hundreds and like they all kind of like followed certain conventions and Mm -hmm. then yeah it's it's just amazing to see how much 
and even within those forums, there's a lot of like interesting innovations and like, you know, every once in a while, I like watching videos on like obscure games in these genres to, to find out what what, you know, these these evolutionary dead ends, I guess, to, to find out, oh, look, here's this game and it did something really cool, but no one played it. So mm-hmm. we, we don't do these kind of games anymore. But yeah, the Nameless Dreams is kind of like a an archetypal like this is the the uh, this is a type of music you like, you know, track one is the menu loop. Mm-hmm. And it's 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 rabbit. It does everything a menu loop should do uh, when you're when you're paused. And every single track has that like you can tell what kind of story beats this game was going to have this this imaginary game. So it's almost like a concept album when you think about it. But mm. yeah, one thing I do want to mention, though, is with the mini music, I just want to think how many house parties throughout the years <laughs> have used their background music as the pause menu of some video game because mm. you will you everyone's been to at least one house party where like there's a tv with some video game on and it's just just odd and there's a looping mu- menu music and that everyone's just talking and drinking and having a good time but that's mm-hmm. you're just staring at this fucking paused game yeah, <laughs> yeah over this menu <laughs> game yeah. not a jrpg but i think like in my head the canonical example for that is um i want to take you for a ride from MVC two Marvel versus Capcom. Oh, yeah, because yeah, yeah. That was a game we played a lot in the Dreamcast era, and yeah, you'd mm-hmm. pause like you gotta go refresh your Mountain Dew, and just that <laughs> drum beat and, and vocal loop yeah. is just playing in the background. Do you think the concept album comment is interesting? Because it kind of occurs to me that I guess any any like soundtrack for a game that doesn't exist in some sense mm-hmm. is like a concept album. You don't really think about it that way, but that's true. One thing I thought was interesting is that it is somewhat like a curated soundtrack, but also has like a little bit of, I don't know if verisimilitude is the right word in this case mm-hmm. of like, you're also listening to that music in the context of playing the game. You're not, not like I bought a soundtrack for a game and I just hear those curated soundtrack pieces. Oh yeah. But like, cause the menu loop, even though it does have like a proper fade out, I guess kind of feels like it just ends like, Oh, we're, we're I've gotten my drink and I'm leaving the menu now in mm-hmm. some sense. And then one thing that we both noted prior to recording is track 11 decisive battle into track 12 victory fanfare mm-hmm. uh, decisive battle nice title and and sample transitions pretty you know air quotes hard into victory fanfare which mm-hmm. is exactly what happens in those games when you when you deal damage and that enemy's at zero it ends right they fire up for example in the final fantasy games <laughs> they fire up the victory fanfare right away it's not like mm-hmm. it didn't fade out the boss music or whatever until mm-hmm. you get to your post-fight stats leveling up screen, and then it plays the victory fanfare. It's like no, when that guy turns red and disappears, hit me with uh, yeah. hit me with those victory horns, and that's kind of what the album does. Yeah, the game is programmed to do that. Mm-hmm. It's just like oh, as soon as the fight ends, yep, victory condition. Yeah, 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 yeah. I totally missed that. Actually, why don't we play the opening of uh, Track Eleven, Decisive Battle?
if you're a fan of anime, you'll recognize those opening drums. Because, sure. Uh, <laughs> I, I love that. Like, there's a lot of homages to in this album to uh, other specific things. So, like, yeah, the Evangelion mm-hmm. battle music. But um, going back to your point, though, I think the game as it is played, as opposed to like the the crystal clear studio soundtrack, yeah. because that explains the sound effects, because there's a lot of like environmental sound effects in this mm-hmm. album. Like track two has a lot of thunderstorm effects. You know, mentioned the, the track five, the uh, uh, airship theme. There's like engine sounds. Mm. So like and then uh, some of the other tracks, their footsteps, uh, track three, the jewel grotto has footstep sounds in it. You know, so it's like, oh, yeah, it's the game as you were actually playing, as you actually listen to it, not the mm-hmm. uh, studio version, which it's like, oh, yeah, that, that puts a lot of context. So there's actually a lot of really good attention to detail of like the actual game experience. So uh, I, I really like yeah. that. And and some of the tracks are very short too to represent like track nine. Unlock Ancient Magic is just like a minute long and it sounds like your dungeon synth, mm. you know, t- <laughs> to represent getting a you know powerful item or something like that your plot item mm. uh so yeah all together this album is pretty short too I, I so i've listened to it quite a few times yeah it's only you know 34 37 minutes long something like that mm. but um there's a lot of cool little little bits it's it's very nuanced now yeah the more that i think about yeah. it, the more nuanced it is yeah yeah tons of little details i think are only realized out of like a genuine interest in what you're creating personally like which is like mm-hmm. not always the case like you pointed out, like really an eclectic set of like timbres and synths and, and sounds and, and genres, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is like video game appropriate. Video games, in my memory, like the most interesting soundtracks tend to kind of have a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. But one thing that I thought was interesting is, and this may be the result of trying to pull from such a wide like technological range of games, Mm -hmm. but I thought that there was a real range in feel of tracks. So like Mm -hmm. something like track 13, goodbye to me, like all the synth sounds, the structure, the, a lot of the drums and stuff all feel very like SNES era soundtrack. Mm -hmm. But then you look at something like track six, why we fight. That's like, very modern lo-fi yeah it was just kind of was interesting because like clearly expresses like a range of interests and genres and not all just like chiptune stuff i guess is what i'm trying to say is that i thought that there is like an interesting range of stuff that feels just like modern lo-fi and stuff that does feel genuinely as an attempt to emulate older synth sounds and i i appreciate that that's cool like there's a lot of glitchiness too like in that victory fanfare there's interesting glitches, which I don't really associate with that soundtrack. And I could be totally wrong. And and then somebody mm-hmm. should correct me if I am. Uh, same with like flight slash plight because the last track is like kind of glitchy. So I just thought it's kind of, yeah. I just thought the range displayed on the album was really interesting given the subject matter, because it would be easy to just do a very um, like lazy chiptune album. Yeah, and they don't. They, they make a wide range of really interesting music. Mm-hmm. Th- yeah, no, the, the, that's a good point. Also, just for the last track, I really like the little stereo beats mm-hmm. uh, at the end. Mm-hmm. That was very, 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 that's very fun. I think, you know, now that I think about maybe they're trying to, because like the, the, the Japanese RPG in particular is really, um, 
it's all about the storytelling more than the game mechanics, you know, like a lot of like Western video game RPGs are all about like, yeah, CRPGs can be very dense. Yeah. But like the JRPGs are more about like, Oh no, that moment when that character you love died or, mm-hmm. you know, when this person betrayed you or like, can I actually save the world? Or we, what does it mean to kill God? Because <laughs> every JRPG is about killing God. Especially when you're younger and you're not really as experienced in these tropes and these like the first time you play a story like that, you're like, oh, my God, this is the most amazing story ever. Mm -hmm. And so I think maybe more it's about the emotional experience of playing the game rather than the actual game soundtrack itself. So like the glitches and stuff like that. And, you know, yeah. So I don't know Um, that that's a interesting point. Yeah, it's not exactly like it's not meant to like replicate it perfectly exactly yeah and but i think uh there there's a reason why jrpgs resonate so much with their fans and it's because of the emotional connection that the storytelling gives them and the music is a key element of that uh, mm-hmm. you know like oh we're you know like the ending where it's like it's always bittersweet in a jrpg right like we've saved the world but now we must part ways and go off to our destinies or you know i have to sacrifice myself goodbye you know <laughs> that kind of thing mm-hmm. and yeah it's kind of wistful and uh i think it's also because of like like some of these tracks are more like influenced by like lo-fi beats and like vapor trap to a degree it's a good album is what i'm saying <laughs> <laughs> i think it's so. a, a really great album and i think if you're interested in any sort of video game music or just like good vaporwave Chip dude VGM type stuff. I think it's definitely definitely something you should check out. about five minutes into track two of the album our shop as translated from brooklyn based mall soft vaporwave artist producer groceries who as i said before is done kind of three previous very well received mall soft albums yes we're open to housewares and ascension mm-hmm. and they also have a lo-fi house project under the name null object which i haven't had a chance to check out i just I just found out about its existence. I feel kind of bad about that. This album is two tracks released in August of this year, which is 2022. I guess if you're listening in the future, don't have the date that this was recorded <laughs> and is just a really, I loved this album. <laughs> like I, I thought it was a, a really interesting blend of just kind of everything I love about ambient in some sense, mm-hmm. the, the most parts that stand out to me although there are not a lot of parts of it that would not be classified as ambient you know it's got everything from like trip hop to triumphant synth which you heard in the opening sample to mm-hmm. 
Space Sins. Just a really fascinating album all around. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I quite liked it as well. I think this album is themed around closing down for the day, mm-hmm. like the, the end of the business day. Because, I, again, like this is all thematically connected, you know, to opening the store, running the store, doing online shopping, you know, and then now shutting down for the business day. And it's so varied and so interesting. Like it really opens like as a uh, beat tape, kind of like 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 a very trip hop opening vibe, very strong. And then it kind of mellows out. And then, yeah, it's it, it's a full uh, journey and it's something new and interesting to listen to as you as you're going through it. I do want to talk about your point about being about closing down and the structure of the album in general, because as it's released on Bandcamp, it is two tracks, which are both roughly the length of a side of vinyl, basically about 23 mm-hmm. minutes each. Um, well, one's mm-hmm. 23 and one's 19, but when is there kind of like two sides of vinyl? But people have posted in like random uh, rate your music style post, I guess I'll say like track mm-hmm. listings pulled from somewhere, which I am not clear exactly where that comes from. I don't know if it's like uh, an old tweet or like some preview of uh, some physical release I don't know about, or just something that was lost to the ether because I don't actually know what they're referencing, but they do say that they have like track names and times and the times do match well to transitions in each of the longer tracks and the titles do make sense. So I don't know if they're totally made up, you know, some user going into it, but like some of the track titles are for the, the opening of side one, like the first, few minutes or so which i thought was like these like sweeping samples into like this down tempo like trip hop this is one you said reminded you of like 90s trip hop Mm -hmm. that's called this was the last day according Mm -hmm. to this um the sample i played which was like in my mind it's like fairly triumphant synth like that's probably like one of my my favorite parts because it's like this like these mellow warm synths and then like the synth bass and drums come in and the the like synth melody is repeated from a slower piano piece on the first side, it's like a mm-hmm. a different you know version of it. And that part is allegedly called elegy, which is also ah, okay funeral <laughs> departing related. Yeah. And then the the track that I loved the most, which is like the last half or so of of side two, is called now where are we going? If you go by by this comment, yeah, yeah. So I think that, yeah, that all matches in with what you identified as like some sort of closing out. So if this is, you know, really like the fourth album of a four album cycle, the groceries wants to do, you know, it's the last groceries album, maybe. I don't know. But I think that plays out both in the the structure and the track titles and the actual content of the album. So I was just providing some supplementary evidence to your claims. (laughs) Well, I appreciate it. You're welcome. So that that kind of makes more sense, right? Like that instead Mm -hmm. of having like a 20 minute track, that's like really varied. It's like, Oh, okay. This is actually like four or five tracks that are, yeah, that makes a little more sense. But just in general, like the the sort of progress from sort of like more upbeat and active and, and then gradually the album becomes more and more ambient as, as it progresses Mm -hmm. uh, with, with some, yeah, I mean, there, there are some variations, you know, like uh, there's some sections that are really just like field recordings, like mm-hmm. walking through a, a a place with crickets that, you know, chirping. But Grocery started sort of like as a very plunderphonic, small, soft artist. But like, I think so. I'd be really interested to know, like, how much of this is sampled versus original. Mm-hmm. But like there's because there's such varying because like you said, he started trip hop. But like 
the end of track one, uh, which are which would be considered enlightenment is like utopian virtual. Like it's very crystalline business like kind mm-hmm. of synth stuff like it's very which I, I like and it's just like it's yeah I, I was not expecting it from uh, groceries I'll be honest mm-hmm. uh, but I'm here for it the business callback is kind of interesting I didn't really hear it as like utopian virtual business stuff although I, I get it when you say it like I don't disagree mm-hmm. but it did feel very montagey to me a lot of auxiliary percussion a lot of those like drawn out synth arpeggios and stuff but like I, I do have like some weird little media association with that being like pensive or thinking, which I guess you can be that or those things about business and marketing if you want. Mm-hmm. But that wasn't, that wasn't my first thought. And then this one, much like the Equip R 23 X album, it has a lot of, it, it's really made in the details to me mm-hmm. because the individual tracks are great too. But I actually think even with seamless playback, I think the track transitions on this album are some of the most interesting parts to me. Just little bits of like environment and texture. And often the next track is like distant and feels like it's like coming into like auditory focus, whatever that equivalent mm-hmm. is, not just fading in, but like it's coming, <laughs> becoming clear. Yeah. And everything. Yeah. 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 Uh, like, especially the transitions that really stood out to me are on track two, where there's like this like pulsing synth transition sound that feels very like public access TV logo. To me. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Or like it would it feels like it would be on like check it out or something. <laughs> like as the logo comes up in the corner, or like wake up, you know, coffee with Sandra in the morning or something. And I, I love all that stuff, all the nature sounds. There's like voices, there's like distant voices talking on a phone. Mm-hmm. All all these these little little details. But for me, what really made me realize how much I like this album, because I, I, I know I've talked about this before, but my like general listening approach is I, I kind of listen casually while while working and stuff and then do more detailed mm-hmm. listens like on my first casual listen i guess something really catches me that's usually a good sign and the last track you know now where are we going we're going by this track listing which is the last seven ish minutes of of the second track is like exactly what i want out of ambient like very we independently said you said philip glass and then we both agreed like you know type yeah brian you know yeah yeah because yeah, there's like gentle piano like staccatoed keys like other synth textures come in but there's really just like these like piano and chime arpeggios and then you're kind of kept from drifting too far out of time by you know every so often the ba- the piano hit this big deep bass pedal note that just kind of mm-hmm. like rings out under everything else for a few bars i i love that and i did like a little nostalgia mea culpa on that one because <laughs> i always make fun of recent nostalgia but like I had to fly a lot, a lot of long flights when I was in grad school, either going to Europe or down to South America. And my like go-to album for long flights was Music for Airports by Brian Eno, (laughs) because the first track is a like long, slow, pensive piano piece. Um, Mm. It's just a few notes and it was just very soothing. Like I would just put it on as soon as I kind of got through through security and and boarded and and was like seated. I would always put that on so like 2014 through 2016. Listen to that album probably a hundred times just by virtue of flying all the time. And like, so I'm, I'm, I'm now, I must quit the show as I am now a, no. a victim of recency nostalgia. Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'll never forget you as you, your face fades onto a cloud. <laughs> um. 
Yeah. Uh, I just said them. I was yeah. like, oh yeah, I forgot how, I didn't really listen to it since I kind of forgot. Mm-hmm. Like, damn, I really love that. Yeah. Yeah. There's always that weird experience when you encounter music that you used to listen to a lot, and but you haven't listened to recently for like years or whatever. And you're like, oh yeah, that was a part of my life. And yeah, I, I, it also like, it kind of shows like the difference, between, like the kind of ambient, like ambient, you know, stereotyped is just like, uh, uh-huh, my washing machine made ambient, mm-hmm. an ambient album last night. And, you know, it's just like a droning repetitive thing anyone can do. But like there's a sophistication and like there there is artistic intent and like skill behind really good ambient. And uh, there, there's sort of like a level of nuance and subtlety mm-hmm. that is hard to pick up on. But there's a reason why Brian Eno's, you know, music for airports is a classic. And like there's thousands of other albums that try that and, and they don't work. Right. It's really good to see that, you know, like I really hope groceries does more ambient work and mm-hmm. really excited to see what direction uh, he takes next. But I really liked it, too. It was really a perfect send off for the album. I haven't listened to it like for me, Philip Glass, because, you know, I'm a huge fan of mm. Queen Scotsy mm. and a lot of that. But like, you know, a lot of the and Philip Glass is more bombastic usually. But like the like the softer glass pieces remind me of that. I mean, it's that, that sort of era of ambient music, you know, like the 70s, 80s, when ambient was sort of coming into its own as an art form and sort of like taking from like classical music and that kind of like composer. You know, yeah. This music is composed. And like that early experimentation with like ease of access to like extensive multi-track recording and oh, another yeah. like technological innovations at the time. Cause that's where, you know, the, uh, I think around that era is also where the Brian, Eno quote you always give about <laughs> yeah. analog instruments and stuff comes from, I'm pretty sure is, mm-hmm. is from that time yep. period. Yeah. So yeah, it was just a, a, a difficult to capture time of experimentation. Yeah. But I, I think the last seven minutes of that track, if it's you know thought of as one track by the artist, whatever, whatever that part is, I unironically found it like, like really moving. Like it was, <laughs> I really really enjoyed it, and uh, yeah, I'd love to hear yeah. more experimentation, more thoughts in that direction. I think that stuff is is fascinating. Maybe they're done with it, and that's fine too. Like you should create what you want, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Um, but whew. yeah, for me, like uh, this album came out and. I only knew about this album because groceries, I follow groceries on Bandcamp. And mm. I got the email. It's like, oh, the new album's like, wait a minute, that's not a vinyl reissue of one of the albums I'm <laughs> familiar with. Like, what's all this about? And like, there hasn't been much like notice. There, there hasn't been any physical media releases uh, as of this, you know, recording that I know of. And yeah, it's really good. Like, I, I hope it gets more attention. Like, it, it definitely deserves it. I think it's, yeah, on easily on par with Yes, We're Open. Yeah, I think I almost probably liked it. I think it might be my favorite Groceries album, but I, I'm probably extremely biased towards some of the ambient work. Yeah, that's fair. Um, and I mean, I'm biased towards Yes or Open because, you know, that's my nostalgic thing. Like, <laughs> that was one of my first Vaporwave albums that I like. Yes, I'm going to get into this genre. Uh, yeah, totally. Well, buy it. Support artists. <laughs> <laughs> yep.
So thanks for listening. I hope this little discussion of some recent releases has convinced you to go check out this music and support these artists. For our next episode, though, we're going back into the Discord mines. So on our Patreon Discord, we have a lot of people who are interested in a wide variety of music. So we get a lot of recommendations for stuff I'm completely unfamiliar with or don't realize that an artist has a new release or something. So it's been about six months. So we're going to do our, our Discord cleaning, go through, find some cool mm-hmm. stuff that people have shared and, and share it with you. So a bit of a bit of an ensemble sampler next episode. If you do want to be involved in that discussion and maybe recommend some music before we record that episode, we do have a Patreon, patreon.com slash mm-hmm. radio, where we do probably 20 some bonus episodes now or just just 20 mm-hmm. just crack 20 yeah patreon discord we're posting some essays from uh a book we're passively working on in our, in our what free time we have intermittently intermittently uh, that's a much better yeah. word yeah that's why you get to do the marketing right <laughs> yeah <laughs> well i paid the big bucks yeah paid the big bucks and just in general a bunch of bonus content and like i said a discord where you can chat with a cool community otherwise you can find us at Nightclerk Radio on Twitter. I am at Burke McBurkinson. Ross is at Ross Payton. We are Nightclerk Radio pretty much anywhere else. Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, etc. Wherever you do choose to interact with what we do, take a moment to rate, review, let the algorithm know you like what we do. And then uh, we always advocate a little word of mouth. Make friends, build community, talk to them about what you're interested in. And if this happens to come up, great. Catch you next time. Bye. Bye.